Brought to you by Modelo. Oh. Welcome back to Throwing Hands. It's Jacob per usual, and Daniel and I will be uh, reviewing Fight Night Watchers for Seal. Daniel, how are you doing? Doing great, Jacob. How about you? I'm doing all right. We're just going to kick this one off. We have Billy Quarantillo versus Kyle Nelson. Billy Quarantillo really uh, put on the gas toward the end of that fight, knocking down Kyle Nelson toward the end of the second. Kyle Nelson still hadn't recovered even after sitting down uh, for the break between the second and third round, and Quarantillo ended it right away, eight seconds in the third round outstriking Nelson and pretty much just outworking him in every facet. What were your thoughts? I can't add much else to that. Uh, it was a relatively even fight until late in that second round. And like you said, Billy Quarantillo with those knockdowns. Uh, Kyle Nelson, honestly, in that scenario, you, you may even look for that for him to not come out in the third round because, like you said, it was a quick finish for Billy Quarantillo. Uh, he smelled blood in the water and he knew when to finish. All right. So uh, I think for Kyle Nelson, I think – What's next for him? I think we could possibly see him get somebody off the contender series. He's lost two of his last three, if I'm not mistaken. And he's getting a little older, so he could become a little bit of a gatekeeper in this division for somebody for some of these new prospects. What do you think? Absolutely. I think Kyle Nelson has a place on this roster. I'm just not sure it's anywhere moving up from where he is now. And so what do you think's next for uh, Billy Quarantillo? Billy Quarantillo, it's an interesting case for him because he, is, he was coming off a loss before this fight. He is a contender series guy in the past. So I, I could see him. I don't know who would be a step up from Kyle Nelson for him, uh, but obviously that's where you would like to see him go. He's, or, I'm sorry, he isn't coming off a loss. He beats by Carlisle, but that was a really competitive fight. He's a guy with potential. He's a guy with uh, a lot to bring to the table. I just don't know what would be next for him because I don't think he's in a position to challenge for a spot in the top 15, but also you don't want to just you know, feed him scrubs that he's going to take down in the first minute. Yeah, I, I don't think I can really add much more to that, but I think we could potentially see him fights. I mean, Edson Barbosa is too good. Maybe something along the lines of Shane Burgos, but we'll see what's up with him. He has a lot of potential. I'm excited to see where he goes. So to the next fight of the night, Bobby Green versus Alan Patrick. Bobby Green really just dominated this fight in all facets of the game, mixing up takedowns and striking, setting up takedowns with the striking outlanding Patrick significantly with both total strikes and significant strikes, really just putting on a good all-around performance and really showing some uh, light in his old age. What do you have to say about this fight? This was the quintessential Bobby Green fight, just absolute smothering style on top of Alan Patrick uh, from start to finish, takedowns, just heavy strikes, as you said. Uh, again, Bobby Green's a guy getting up there in age, but he's having a little bit of a revitalization in 2020. It's always fun to see guys – get into those last couple years of their career and they string some wins together and they look as impressive as they did in their younger days. And that's exactly what we're seeing out of Bobby Green. Yeah, definitely. And um, I don't know. I don't know what's next for Alan Patrick. He's kind of in a weird situation. I think they gave him too much of a step up in competition, especially after about two year layoff, if I'm not mistaken. So I don't know. We could see him probably get somebody off the contender series or, you know, a, a contender series vet coming off a loss, something along those lines. What do you think? I can't disagree with anything you said there. All right. And for Bobby Green, what do you think's next? Bobby Green's interesting. Like I said, he's older, but he's stringing fight wins together. Uh, I, honestly, 
he's looked impressive enough to where you could probably give him a top 15 contender, see if he can break into there. He's 34 years old, but, I mean, you look at him, he's in the best shape of his life. He's a guy having a late career renaissance. I'd like to see him get a shot at the top 15 personally. I don't know if, I don't know if that's going to be an opportunity he gets, but I'd really like to see that happen. I'm not going to add anything. I want to see him fight Jude Dober or something along those lines. Yeah. All right, to the next bout. Oh, some controversy here. Ed Herman gets the win over Mike Rodriguez after a very, very uh, poor call by uh, Tognoni, uh, thinking that he got hit in the balls, but it turned out that he got hit in the liver by Mike Rodriguez's knee. I don't think I can want that either, but Ed Herman, being the vet that he is, took the five minutes and gets the sub in the third round. What were your thoughts on this one? Again, this was a really controversial fight. Uh, these are two fighters that uh, are kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum, where Ed Herman is a guy that's been around forever, that has been on the UFC roster since, I believe, 2006. That's just that wily veteran that knows uh, you know, how to beat you in 45 different ways, whereas Mike Rodriguez is a guy that's still breaking in, still a guy uh, that is a very dynamic prospect and has a chance to, to be something in the UFC. And I think this is probably just going to end up being a little bit of a wake-up call for him. Again, a rough decision there coming from, coming from the official. It leads to Ed Herman getting that break, getting the opportunity to end up winning this fight by submission. But moving forward, I don't think there's a ton to take away from this fight because Mike Rodriguez did dominate it, and Ed Herman's not a guy that's going to skyrocket to the top of the rankings because of this. I think this is a little bit of a wake-up call that Mike Rodriguez can take away from, can learn from, and, and step forward and really kind of cash in on that prospect ranking that he's gotten recently. Yeah, definitely. I, and like you said, it is kind of a wake-up call for him that he knows that, A, anything can happen now, and especially for such a, a fresh prospect like Mike Rodriguez, who's been coming up pretty quickly through these rankings. So, well, not the rankings, but you know, y- y'all know what I mean. So, I don't know what's next for Ed Herman. I think you'll say that gatekeeper, but for Mike Rodriguez, he got his win money, so I think we could see him fight somebody up in the top uh, top 15. I think he'll probably get, personally, the, the, the loser of Johnny Walker versus Ryan Spann that's coming up this weekend. What do you have to say? I think that would be a good fit. That would be uh, certainly guys on, on a similar level. I think, uh, I think that would be a, a really positive matchup. Yeah. All right. So nothing else to add there. Uh, so to the fourth uh, fight on the main card, uh, Roxanne Modafferi versus Andrea Lee. Kind of disappointing for Manjie Lee. She did outland Montefiore in significant strikes significantly. She had 37 more significant strikes. But, I mean, Montefiore, whenever she got Andrea Lee on the ground, she just stayed there and just really worked her, trying to work some submissions here and there. I mean, Montefiore looked pretty good, especially even though she's 37, Andrea Lee coming up through these rankings. I don't know. What were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, this is just, again, kind of similar to what Ed Herman did against, uh, against Mike Rodriguez, just a wily veteran that can beat you anyway you can think of in the octagon and Roxanne Modafferi was able to pull it off. Uh, you know, I, I love what Andrea Lee brings to the table. I don't understand why she hasn't been able to put it together yet because she has an outstanding grappling background. She has an outstanding striking background. She has everything you need to be a very high level mixed martial arts fighter. And she just hasn't been able to put it together. And she goes in there against somebody with so much experience in Roxanne Modafferi and ends up losing that fight again. Uh, she just, I, I, I really want to see Andrea Lee have success because she has such a high pedigree, but I just don't understand why it hasn't all come together. It, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out too. She has such a diverse background. She just can't seem to piece it together. 
And I feel like if that she did, she's about, I think she's 30, 31. I think if she figured out how to piece together, she could become a real threat in this division. But absolutely, like she, she hasn't, she like tr- decides what she wants to do in a fight rather than assessing the situation and going forth from there. So I'm, I'm curious to see where she goes. Maybe this could be a wake up call. I hope it is, but I think we could probably see her fight. Um, excuse me, maybe Macy Barber's comeback fight. That's what I'm kind of seeing right now for Andrea Lee. But I don't know. What do you think? I think that's certainly a possibility. Again, uh, Macy Barber's been on the shelf for quite a while, but that would be a matchup of two up-and-comers that, uh, for different reasons, obviously, would be looking to get back on track in that fight, uh, particularly in the women's flyweight division. I think Antonina Shevchenko would be an interesting proposition as well. She's coming off a loss. So there are people for Andrea Lee to fight and people for Andrea Lee to get things worked out against. But it's just, it's very puzzling to me that you have somebody with such a high pedigree that has struggled so much to get on track when it comes to true contendership. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm not even going to add anything to that. And I think for Mata Ferry, I think maybe Calderwood, but the thing is this, this division is kind of like, it's not stacked necessarily, but this these rankings aren't really going to move too much because they're all. It's a, it's a very deep division. Yeah, it's like there's no one else that stands out besides Valentina Shevchenko in this division, in my opinion. Except I don't know, Calvillo looked pretty good in her fight against Jessica I. But it's it's a really interesting division, and it won't move too much coming soon. So I think Ferry has to wait a little bit to get her next fight. What do you have Absolutely. to say? Absolutely, I I can't disagree with that. All right, so I'm going to kick it back to the prelims. Uh, Jalen Turner, man, this guy looked good. I don't know if you saw this fight, Daniel, but I just want to talk about Jalen Turner for a little bit. The, his kickboxing was superb in this fight, and I think he could really make some moves in this lightweight division if he keeps, this, keeps it up his pace and his attitude. What do you have to say? Absolutely. Jalen Turner is an outstanding athlete, looked really impressive in this fight, uses his length very well, and he's a guy with really long arms and legs, got great reach. And against a guy in Brock Weaver, who's no slouch, was able to was able to go out there and look really good, look really impressive. He's a young guy. He's an up-and-comer. I'm excited to see what he does. Definitely. I think uh, – well, I don't know. What do you think is next for Jalen Turner? I don't know, man. He's again, he's he's a hot young prospect, and you never know what the UFC is going to do with those guys because sometimes uh, they they put them up against guys that don't have a ton of experience, and sometimes you have a Roosevelt Roberts situation where they throw them into the deep end, and you know it's sink or swim. So I think Jalen Turner is a guy that is strong enough wins together to take a step up in competition. I just don't know if the UFC is going to do it because they're so hit or miss when it comes to scheduling their prospects. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of scheduling prospects, I mean, uh, Kevin Kroom, I mean, congrats to this guy, man. I mean, coming in on one day's notice, he had 65 bucks in his bank account, apparently, and getting the submission win. I mean, Roosevelt Roberts is a very uh, fantastic prospect, in my opinion. But Kevin Kroom, I mean, I got to give this guy credit. What were your thoughts? I mean, yeah, you take Kevin Kroom off the street one day before one day before this fight happens and he ends up with a 31 second submission and a performance of the night bonus. That's pretty freaking impressive, especially, especially against somebody like Roosevelt Roberts that is such an outstanding grappler and is such an outstanding submission fighter. Yep. Congrats to Kevin Kroom. All right. To the co-main event. Even this one broke my heart. Um, we've talked to common worthy, but he, he took a big L in this one. Ottman is man. I, this guy has the heaviest hands I've ever seen in the light, lightweight division. I mean, he, Common Worthy could barely stand up after the fight. What were your thoughts on this uh, fantastic performance by Zidar? 
this was ridiculously impressive. As Idar goes out there and lands 16 significant strikes in a minute and a half to knock Kama Worthy out, that's high volume. And there was maliciousness behind every shot he threw at Kama Worthy. That is not somebody you want to get in the way of. And Atman Azadar is, is going to be a problem because, like you said, there's not a lot of guys in the lightweight division that have that kind of pop in their hands. And that, that's a really special trait that he's going to carry forward. Yeah, he's scary. I mean, he's about 30, but, hey, this dude get, keeps getting better. So, for Kama Worthy, I think we'll see something along the same lines of the same competition level as Zyder. I think he's proved enough that he could keep up, keep up that level of competition, but he just got caught in this one. What do you have to say about Kama Worthy? That, that exactly lands on what I was going to say. Kama Worthy is a proven commodity. He's got legitimate wins. So, yeah, a similar level of competition. Somebody maybe looking to break into the top 15, looking to get an opportunity to prove themselves as a contender. And for Zidar, I mean, I say throw him to, to Drew Dober or something like that. I want to see this guy fight somebody ranked. I mean, that I, that's not that's what I want to see, but I doubt that's what we're going to see. I think we'll get, give, they'll give him another highly touted prospect before they throw him to the top 15. What do you have to say? I'd have to agree with that. Give him one more test before – throwing him in the deep end in that top 15 and saying, here you go, prove yourself. And we'll probably see him soon because um, he didn't take damage in that fight. <laughs> so Kama Worthy only landed one strike. Yeah, so. so we'll see him soon, I'm sure. All right, to the main event of the evening. I mean, I, I, think, I don't think we could have asked for a better fight between these two, Michelle Watterson versus Angela Hill. Whomever you had winning, I don't blame you for having that person winning because these two girls were very evenly matched. 128 for Watterson to Michelle uh, Angela Hill's 131 significant strikes. Very even. Michelle Watterson take, attempting 18 takedowns but only landing one of them, showing how good Angela Hill is with defense when it comes to the grappling. I don't know, man. What were your thoughts? This was an outstanding fight. I don't care who won this fight. This was, this was one of the best women's fights we've seen all year. And this, this just really impressed me. Angela Hill, despite losing this fight, is going through such a renaissance at the back end of her career as I mean you look at her record and after Saturday night she's 12 and 9 she's 35 years old but she's been so impressive just in the last what year and a half she's coming off back-to-back losses against Claudia Gedalia and, and Michelle Watterson as, as we've said but they were both split decision losses where she looked great and she had three wins in a row before that going back to September of last year the last 12 months for Angela Hill, she's looked as good as she's looked her entire career at the age of 35, and that's really impressive to me. So that's what I mostly took away from this fight. Again, Michelle, Michelle Watterson looked great in this one as well. This was a really competitive fight, a really exciting fight to watch. And these are two women to watch moving forward because, again, Watterson was coming off a little bit of a slide there with uh, back-to-back losses to Joanna and Jatrick and Carla Esparza, but she's back on track after this one. I could see this – Despite Angela Hill losing this one, I could see this being a big momentum builder for both of these fighters moving through the rest of 2020 and into 2021. I'm not going to add anything to that. That was was perfect analysis. And in this strawweight division, I think – I forget who made this point, but this could potentially set up Watterson for the next title shot because all these people in here are either pregnant, hurt, or just very recently fought. And with uh, – Daniels White said, uh, Zhang Weili is going to – fight by the end of this year or the very beginning of next year so her next fight's coming up fairly soon so this could potentially set up a title shot for michelle watterson who's been waiting waiting on this for quite a while what what do you have to say 
Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Unless, unless there's somebody moving between divisions, I don't see somebody other than Michelle Watterson that could step up to the task. So uh, she's sitting there at number eight, but she's definitely going to be a test for, uh, for Zhang Wei Li. And I, I would want to see that fight. I think that would be a really interesting fight to watch. I think their, their fighting styles would mix really well. And I think that would make uh, for some pretty serious entertainment. Yeah, I, I'm not going to argue with that. And for Angela Hill, I think her stock rises. I'm not, I don't think she loses any rankings. Heck, she might go up because Dana liked this so much. But I don't know, maybe Amanda Hebus or uh, I Marina. I would love to see that fight. Yes, I would love, love to see, to that, see that, that too. And maybe, um, you know, Marina Rodriguez. But I think the, the fight we all want is Amanda Hebus versus Angela Hill. All righty. That wraps up the review part. Danny, you got any news? I mean – uh there's there's not a ton going on obviously things are gonna things are gonna heat up i have a feeling after uh after paulo costa and, and israel adesanya square off but there's not a ton going on around uh, in the ufc uh, dominic reyes was asked about the potential of moving up to heavyweight to chase john jones he said he's not interested in that he wants to stay at light heavyweight uh tiago santos tested positive for covid so the october 3rd fight against uh glover Teixeira is off Oh. And then Daniel Cormier revealed that he had COVID during his training camp for uh, for his fight with uh, with Stipe Miocic. So a couple little headlines there. Probably Santos and Teixeira being off again is the biggest story uh, as far as that goes in terms of moving forward. Uh, but it's a little bit of a slow time in the world of MMA right now. There's not a ton going on outside the octagon. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I am excited for this card coming up on Saturday. That'll Absolutely. be That'll be a good one. Um, we also have a couple interviews coming up, which I'll talk to Daniel about after this. But, hey, Daniel, thanks for coming back on, per usual. Absolutely. And, hey, we've talked about this in the past because it's freaking weird. Paige Van Zandt, they are targeting November for her bare-knuckle fighting championship debut. All right. We'll, we'll talk about that for sure in November. All right, guys, thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.